We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this week's Dynasty Command Center podcast, it's been a huge Dynasty rankings shakeup week. And what am I doing with the trendy players that have broken out over the first two weeks? All that and more on today's episode. All right. We're back, Dave. We're back in the DCC chairs. It's a little bit of a different feel than the Road of His Fantasy Football podcast, even though it's you know, two of us hanging out. We're talking dynasty, a little bit more free form. Uh, we're going to base you know this uh, this pod every week on my article uh, that's going up each week on the site for those of you that either want a little bit more context behind what I can fit into you know one to two thousand words on the site. You know, there's always more to discuss. You know, besides what's in black and white. And it also gives Dave a chance to react uh, to what I put up there and ask some questions that you know maybe some of the uh, subscribers or you know listeners in the podcast. Uh, would have that, uh, and it allows me to get a little bit deeper into it. My focus this week, man, I had to get a big dynasty ranking shakeup in there. You know, after two weeks, we've got quite a bit of data uh, on how teams are going to use players. We've had some major injuries and we've had some breakout players. It was time for a shakeup so that we can get a feel for the types of trades and moves, you know, that we really need to be making, Dave. So you, it, to nobody's surprise, I mean, I led the article off. What am I doing with with Puka? Uh, Nakua, because I mean, you know, guys just insane 35 targets through two weeks. We talked about him earlier in the week on other shows. It's a difficult situation because I mean, he's absolutely, I mean, he's just looked awesome. It's not to me, this is not just like, Hey, somebody playing Cooper cups role. You can't simply just play Cooper cups role. Like, yeah. Okay. You just play the role of the guy that always gets open. And I throw the ball to you every time. Like, that, like, that's just not, that role doesn't exist, okay? So, you know, he's good. Like, there's no doubt that he's good. The question is, what does he look like when Cup comes back? You know, I'm kind of thinking, all right, well, we've seen Cooper Cup and Robert Woods coexist and, and uh, you know, have great results over the years. Uh, Matthew Stafford looks great. Sean McVay is in a flow state. <laughs> Dave, I, I moved... Puka all the way up to 83 overall in my Rotovis Triflex Dynasty rankings. That is a super flex and tight end premium situation there. And wide receiver 36. I, I worry that it's still a little bit too low. I reserve the right to move him again after week three. The reason that I've kept him here is I think after week three, we're going to get a little bit more 
uh, information on what's happening with Cooper Cup. Is he going to come off IR after that fourth week? Um, you know, we're getting close. I would expect an update there. And then also, I mean, we do have to remember this is a day three guy that even if even if he sticks around, like these these day three receivers that that blow up, you know, sometimes people are really hesitant to give them the super high end value. I mean, Cooper Cup's even an example of this without that, you know, early, you know, round one pedigree. It took a long time for people to catch up to, to his dynasty value. Doug Baldwin's another example, you know, guys that have been, you know, perennial wide receiver ones, even if, if Puka could get to that. Sometimes people are slow uh, on these guys that didn't have the draft pedigree. So I, I'm curious your thoughts, man. You know, 83 overall, wide receiver 36. I mean, am I off my rocker? Am I not high enough? Like, you know, what, what, what's your reaction to those, those levels? Yeah, I mean, my reaction is that you are, you are not too high, right? We only get situations like this, you know, every so often in Dynasty Fantasy Football. And, you know, half the battle is just taking advantage of them when they arise and not being the last person to act. Now, I think where you've slated him in makes sense to me because it's definitely making a statement about what you see of him as a player while potentially incorporating some of the unknown that still remains out there. But I think this makes, this feels like the right spot to me. And I guess, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking through Puka and what the return of Cooper Cup might mean is how much do we actually need to factor in that possibility to Puka's outlook here? Because I think what you're looking at is if you think that Puka is worth that type of valuation, that's probably because we expect that this is the performances we've seen from him are things that are going to continue to carry through his career. So there's kind of the question of when you're making this evaluation, how much do you really need to account for the situation that this player is in, which with cup right now, we're at the point where it's hard to say just exactly how long term of an impact he could have on Puka, you know, and then the opposite side, just looking at the player in isolation. Yeah, I want what I one thing I want to do just to add a little bit of clarity is okay, you know, hey, 83 overall, wide receiver 36, you know, what what does that mean? Who's who's he, you know, who is he next to? Yep. Um, so I'm gonna pull up my my rankings. You can check out my dynasty rankings on rotoviz.com. I'll keep them updated uh throughout the season so you can get an idea of trade value and you know, t- uh tiers. Sean and Blair will probably update just a little bit less frequency. Uh, during the season, just because, you know, they're involved with editing articles and things like that on the site. But my commitment to you uh, is that, you know, I'm definitely going to keep uh, mine, you know, very tight. So as I scroll down to 83, where I've got Puka, uh, let me sort by my name here, Dave. This is fascinating radio. Well, um, fun thing is, as as we're recording we this, I'm we working on doing yep. some updates to some of the tools, one of them being the Advanced Tats Explorer no surprise when I go and I look at wide receivers, who's the first name I see? It is most certainly Puka. Yeah. So I've got I've got Puka like even with from a wide receiver perspective, like the guys around him are Terry McLaurin, uh Christian Kirk, uh Marvin Mims, Elijah Moore, Gabe Davis. So, you know, it you know, these are guys that have high weekly value. Um, but there's also just a little bit of uncertainty with all of them, you know, like with a guy like Terry McLaurin, he is getting into his later uh, 20s and you know there's questions we have about you know his role versus uh, Jahan Dotson's role we you know with Christian Kirk you know we've got the situation with Calvin Ridley you know can he really be a one 
Um, Marvin Mims would have a, a, a volume question just for this year, uh, which could be the case after Cooper Cup comes back for Nakua. So, and, and then Gabe Davis, you know, kind of similar, you know, kind of in that complimentary role for, for Diggs. So, I mean, you know, he, he could zoom right by these guys into that next, you know, wide receiver area where I have some of the aging vets that are getting mega volume. You know, that next spot he would get to, Dave, what he, he would basically be passing all of my low-end tight end premium or mid, mid tight end one and tight end premium format and kind of QB twos in this format. He'd have to go all the way up into that Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper range, which still feels a little rich for a guy that we've only seen two games of. So, you know, that, that's the context there uh, with some of the other players that, that he rates with. I want to move through the, some of the positions here and give people an example, you know, I guess a, a thought of some of the players that I've really been thinking about after the first two weeks, um, what their multi-year outlook looks like and, and, and some decisions that I've made. So at the quarterback position, I moved to a, up to a tag of Oiloa up to QB seven. Wow. Okay. And he's in a, he, yeah, he's in a tier now with Joe Burrow and Anthony Richardson. And, you know, I think it's fair having seen how two is operating now. I know we have the concussion risk issues there, but you know, with Burrow, you know, we've got the soft tissue and the joint issues um, that we've seen with him. These are both guys that, you know, aren't going to add a ton with their legs and the upside is tied to the, the systems and the players that they have around them. I mean, the Dolphins and the Bengals, you know, you think about these two quarterbacks, you, you can't help but think about the receivers that they have at their disposal too. Now, Anthony Richardson, totally different situation, you know, mobile guy, but we've seen just a ton of upside from him in his first game and a half in the NFL. So both all three of these guys, you know, they sneak into, you know, kind of the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, you know, top 12 of my startup triflex rankings, if we're going to do a startup today. So this is a pretty big move for Tua from that round three range, late round two range where he was. I mean, it's basically adding, you know, the equivalent of a random future first to his value. Uh, but I mean, he just looks so good, Dave. He looks so comfortable. McDaniel's got it really dialed in for him. A couple of advanced stats that I just wanted to go over here around to uh, uh, before we get your take here. I mean, he's QB three in air yards thrown through two weeks, QB one in air yards completed. And, you know, I mean, he's tied to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle for the foreseeable future. I mean, they're young, dynamic guys that add a ton after the catch and they don't, you don't even have the pressure onto it necessarily, but he's attacking downfield more than ever. So, you know, I, I guess it's, it's a little bit of an effect of moving Joe Burrow down a tick off of the injuries and how bad the Bengals have looked through two weeks. And then also just reflecting my confidence in Tua. Yeah. So this is, this is a uh, kind of an exciting move to hear about, you know, the first thing that kind of stood out to me is when you're tethered right now, to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and we've already seen it manifest in what he's able to do. It is so huge to what a quarterback's able to achieve. I also think that overall, with the way that organization's been going, you can clearly see the investment in the offense. You know, they've been willing to do things to keep the ship moving forward. As a result of that, it's hard to really push back on the move that you made for Tua to move up to where he is in your rankings. You know, there might be some people that would push back to a certain extent on just how talented he actually is. But I think that the situation that he's in, it's really hard to argue that once you get beyond that real elite tier, 
that there's other players that he the very least can't make a case to slate ahead of. And they've just looked, you know, not only have they looked, but when you look at the stats, which is kind of more what I mean when they've looked so good, you look at those stats, it's just been very impressive. So no pushback from me there. All right. Go in the opposite direction, man. Deshaun Watson, I dropped him down to QB 17. He's outside my top 60 now. Outside my top 60. We've got eight games now spanning two seasons with Watson. It's I mean, brutal. he's looked, he's, it's, it's not even that he's been average. Like, he's just been bad. You know, I mean, we're seeing a little bit of a glimmer um, with his with his scrambling. You know, he's starting to do that a little bit more. You know, so that helps. You know, the, I, right now, I mean, you know, he was a tier one guy. You know, I mean, I last winter, you know, a lot of people had him, including myself, as a round two startup guy. You know, the, the thought was like, there's just no way after a full off season and all the drama behind him and Amari Cooper and this amazing Cleveland Browns line that there's just no way that Deshaun Watson's going to look bad. And he's looked bad. I mean, they, now they did start with two divisional opponents. Um, and, you know, there's division games. And I don't care what division you're in. I mean, when you're playing in the division, it's always a little bit, it's a little bit crazy. And yep. so, you know, we need to keep keep that in mind. And, and the one glimmer of hope that I've still, the reason that I haven't just like totally <laughs> moved him out of like the QB2 range even um, is, is because what he's doing in the games is good, but it's just the con- lack of conversion right. is bad. He, he rates first in average depth of target through two games and he's Q, QB4 in air yards attempted. So he's actually functioned very similar to Tua in terms of his aggression. We're, we're just not seeing the conversion. And so, you know, that's something to, to look for. Can, is there any chance, you know, with, with Chubb being out, do practices look different? Do they change the scheme a little bit different? I, I, I would find it hard to believe that, that Cleveland would say, we're going to ride Jerome Ford in the same way that we tried to ride Nick Chubb. Maybe they actually do place this team squarely on Deshaun Watson's shoulders uh, here in the next, you know, one or two weeks. We could see a huge bounce back game if he can just get some conversion on the way he's playing. But it's a slippery slope, man. So, I, you know, to put this in perspective... I've got Watson rated in the same tier as Sam Howell and Brock Purdy now. Wow. Um, It's really not surprising. And I think that uh, what this kind of speaks to is the value of constantly going back and evaluating where a player is, uh, you know, in terms of their dynasty outlook. I would actually make the argument that dynasty values are changing more rapidly than redraft values in season. Um, and a lot of it is because you're forced to realize when a player has moved out and the younger guys like the Sam Howells who we like are now in the same tier or passing over these older players. And when you go in and you look at the advanced stats for Deshaun Watson and you try to make a case as to why he could go back to approximate what things were like early in his career with Houston, it is very, very difficult. Um, yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's almost to the point with Watson where I hear you mention Jerome Ford and I'm more excited and more interested in talking about the team's running game, even without Nick Chubb because of we the will. line there and stuff, then talking about Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I it does really feel like you've reached the point with Watson where it's better to be off of him than to be still holding on to hope. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, the thing is, you can't really move him. Um, yeah, you can only move yeah, him so you far. You can't move him, but I still feel like you know I've got to I've got to update the outlook. You know, I, yeah. I just do. Um, so if anybody was you know feeling like hey you know this is still this is still a blue chipper you know if if you're you know we see a lot of super flex teams Dave constructed where it's like you know people collect these guys you know maybe it's a Devi league or a really deep league and you know, maybe you held on to Watson like during his suspension period and, you know, you got him really cheap at that point. You're four deep at the position. You know, I mean, maybe Watson was the guy you're going to hang on to. I, you know, I don't know if he is the guy that you hang on to. Maybe you do move him to a team that needs that, that second guy that would, uh, and, and would be willing to overvalue him a little bit. Uh, Cause I, I do think we're, we're on very, very thin ice here. Okay. Now the running back position. You know, last week on the episode, I, I talked about having Brees Hall and Bijan Robinson in a tier above the rest of the running backs. Yep. And, you know, I really struggled with it. We, you and I talked through it. I said, you know, I'm going to Brees a spot above Bijan Robinson. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reversing course, Dave. After, <laughs> well, after what I saw last week, I mean, they're still in the same, still in the same tier. I've got them just a couple spots away yeah. from each other in my overall Dynasty Rankings update. But I, I've got Bijan at nine overall, RB1. Uh, and I, I really can't argue after seeing through two weeks, a 23.4% target share, even in a Falcons offense that doesn't pass the ball a lot. Like Bijan is set up. I mean, he's set up it, within the next three seasons to, to be one of these handful of players that, that could put together a thousand thousand type season. You know, he, he really is set up, you know, to, to have 85, 90 targets and, you know, be dynamic enough in the rushing game to, to still uh, get to four digits there. So the, the, the tiebreaker for me after thinking about this after last week's episode is that the value this year, like unless the jet, you know, if the jets go back, you know, after this week and they, and they, they change their mind on, on Zach Wilson after seeing another putrid performance and they, they make a move for Kirk cousins or something like, you know, all the chatter has been this week. If they did something like that, you know, Brees could certainly recoup some value because the team's going to be disdain more dangerous in every facet. But right now, 
I mean, there's nothing stopping teams from just totally keying in on this rushing attack. And we saw the Jets just totally get away uh, from, the, from the rushing attack as a result, you know, in week two. And, you know, you've, you've got to look at the 2023 value for running backs, especially what do you mean to me now is so much of their value. So I won't spend much more time on either of these players. We know how good they are, what type of prospects they were, but, you know, just from an accountability standpoint, you know, I, I'd flip them back, Dave, after what I saw in week two. Yeah, I don't really think there's too much more to add here other than, um, you know, if you look right now in the player stat explorer, you see pretty much everything that we track here uh, in like our little positional rankings graph. Everything for Robinson more or less is, you know, in the top 10 and you kind of get the feeling that for the next four five, six seasons, it's going to going to remain that way. So, uh, you know, I applaud the move there and I'm in full support. All right. So you mentioned the rest of the Browns uh, run game. So I've got to talk to Jerome Ford. Everybody hey. wants to know what's, what's Jerome Ford worth in Dynasty. I man. love it. I got I, because I really liked Jerome Ford coming out of school. Yes, you did. And yes, you did. You know, I didn't want him to have to. So Nick Chubb, if you look in the player, st- uh, the uh, workout explorer is the player that comes up. And that's because Nick Chubb has been one of my favorite prospects of all time and absolutely loved Nick Chubb. So it sucks that we have to see Ford get his way into playing time this way, but we did always feel like if Ford could get a shot, he'd be able to show us what he could do. We already saw that, but the question is now, Curtis, in this Browns offense, with what we know about Ford now, how high can he climb up in rankings? Well, let's let's talk about his pedigree and his Sims just a little bit first. Mm-hmm. So so I can qualify where I've got him rated. Sure. Um, so I use the dynasty prospect box score scout, which you can adjust for draft capital, um, you know, uh, power five, non-power five. There's some, there's some things that you can do to change the model a little bit to your liking. Yep. But what we know about Jerome Ford is he's a day three guy uh, who touched the ball a lot in college. Um, you know, he, he was a heavy, heavy utilization guy and, and day three running backs, you know, usually what we see in the box score scout is, you know, you're hoping for a positive name or two amongst their top 10 sims because it, the, the, I mean, a lot of these players, they just end up being special teamers or they go straight to the practice squad. They can't, you know, earn the touches, but what's really encouraging with Ford is four of his top 10 sims are guys that have really flashed in fantasy, you know, over the past decade or so. So we see uh, Bilal Powell, uh, which uh, what he was RB19 overall in 2016. So we had a, an RB2 season over the course of a year uh, in raw counting stats. We have Mike Gillisley, who had a pair of top 12 weeks and five top 24 weeks across the 2016 and 2017 season. So more of a streamer type, but you know he was usable. And, and you know maybe you missed one or two of those starts there, but... Um, once we saw that first pop from him, he was a guy that people were comfortable streaming for a bit. The, the big one that's exciting uh, is Devonta Freeman. You know, he was RB1 overall in 2015 and RB6 overall in 2016. Uh, so two high-end RB1 seasons from Freeman there in Atlanta. And when you think about the Browns, the way their line is set up, how nice Ford looked in his first extended work in his first game, that's kind of the dream, you know, like that's the dream scenario that he would yeah. smash rest of season. That's why we saw these big bids. And then rounding it up is Elijah Mitchell, who as a rookie in 2021 was the RB 16 in points per game. So that's a nice quartet of players 
Thinking about that, though, even Devontae Freeman never got really super high in the dynasty value. Um, you know, I, I think he made his way, you know, it's, it has been a number of years, um, now, but <laughs> what wasn't a player that a lot of guys had, even after finishing RB one overall, had a lot of confidence rating, like in the top 12 in Superflex. Now Superflex has grown in popularity, uh, since then. And, you know, people are probably playing it strategically different than they were eight, nine years ago. But even as a best case scenario, we're not probably ever going to be talking about Ford reaching the heights of like a Saquon Barkley valuation or a Tony, even a Tony Pollard valuation. And, you know, Pollard's another situation like this where it's like lower draft capital finally gets the hit. And it's like, you know, he's already a little bit older. You know, how, how highly are people really going to rate him? I slotted Jerome Ford in at 102 overall. So he's just outside my top 100. That would make him, Dave, a ninth round startup if we were going to do a dynasty draft today. And, you know, we just got to be careful because even if he smashes, you know, we, we just see teams move on from these low pedigree backs, time in uh, and time out. So Ford's, you know, it's kind of unfortunate to say, but Ford's perhaps greatest value in dynasty is like literally right now. Even if he puts together a couple of really impressive weeks over the next couple of weeks, like there's also that chance that Kareem Hunt splits this role with him 50-50, you know, due to his familiarity in the offense, pass pro, all of those things. So just because Ford looked awesome in week two doesn't mean he is going to run away and have this Devonta Friedman uh, outcome. You know, this could just be low-end RB2 stuff and Hunt getting the lion's share of the work sometimes. So we got to keep that in uh, keep that in our minds as well. So... I would like to say, hey, Jerome Ford, Jerome Ford at 102 overall. You know, he if you can move him for any future first, you just do it. Um, and even a pair of twos, I would be tempted. Uh, I really like the idea of converting him into a young wide receiver. Maybe you can get, you know, you know, positionally, maybe you can get somebody like a, a Zay Flowers yeah. um, if the opposing manager really needs a running back and is willing to view Ford as a, a high upside young guy. So uh, to, to further contextualize where this puts Ford, I moved him up into a tier with Roshan Johnson, who I have at 101. So another day three guy who has looked good in his usage so far, but I don't expect to ever really get that, you know, elite pedigree valuation. I think that, uh, your point there about Ford and his value being at the highest it might ever be right now is probably, uh, you know, very fair. Uh, and, you know, like you mentioned, with a lot of these day three guys, you can really like them. You can really like the talent that is there. But we have seen this trend where it's hard for those guys to truly break through and prosper season over season. You know, you do have the concerns about Hunt. You know, what can happen with Ford uh, looking forward to next year? So, you know, I do feel like uh, you make a great point there about this being the time to go ahead and try to move off of him if you're somebody that does have Ford. Um, so, you know, I'd like to be able to spin a tail here that he's a player that's going to stick around for a while and could creep up those rankings. But, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, you know, heading into next year, even despite, you know, what might be a pretty good outcome for a guy like Ford across the full season, you know, we have trouble moving him up anymore. Yeah, I mean, really, I'm thinking of day three guys that have really stuck for a long time. The only guy I can really think of that's like, you know, Hey, he's made like a long 
career and stuck around is Aaron Jones, you know, fifth, fifth yeah. round guy um, that, you know, he popped and he was more of a receiver than Ford. And, it, you know, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt him uh, that he was tied to Aaron Rodgers, who had a lot of faith uh, right. in, in Jones. And he was, you know, he was able to have that longevity in part because he's always part of a committee uh, as well. And so, you know, Lots to unpack here. You've got to move forward up, obviously, but I think uh, along with that, you've got to consider, is it worth holding him or do I just move him? Right. Um, if you want to check out more rankings updates, Dave, you can check out my wide receiver and tight end movers uh, on rotoviz.com. I did want to hit just a couple of potential breakouts. I know the, the first waiver run of the week is already completed in most dynasty leagues. Uh, you know, at this point, by the time the show drops, but you know, most leagues have uh, two waiver runs per week, and some of these guys are deeper names. So I just want to get them out there in audio form in case people don't have a chance to uh, check out uh, the article on the site for Rotoviz Triflex and FFPC uh, shorter bench type dynasty leagues. Uh, I still think Mac Jones is out there in quite a bit of one QB situations. If you're a team where you know, hey, you've got Geno Smith or Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson or somebody kind of in that high-end QB2 range that's up there in years. I don't mind the idea of adding Jones as kind of a developmental guy, just looking at what that Patriots offense has done through the first couple of weeks and the passing volume. We talked a little bit about him last week, so I won't expand upon that further. But I, you know, I think he's worthy of having as a backup in a one QB league. Uh, if, if, you know, if you're only rostering one QB and it's like, you know, Hey, I just plan on streaming somebody when it gets that week. Well, maybe go ahead and just add Jones now on, on the off chance that, that he really emerges at the other positions though. I think there's a couple names here to highlight. Then one of them is also probably available in deep dynasty, but might be worth a pro, uh, you know, kind of just a, I don't know, a, a speculative bid. Uh, even early, the Ravens' backfield is pretty unsettled, and they did sign Kenyon Drake, and we've got Justice Hill out there, and we've got Gus Edwards. None of these guys are like real like guys. And if I think about Justice Hill and you know being a little bit smaller, having a receiving skill set, being you know super, uh, you know having that high end speed, you know the Ravens have another guy kind of like him, and Justice Hill is a little bit ouchy. And this would be the guy that could slot and maybe get a couple touches if, if Hill doesn't play this week. It's Keaton Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's on the smaller side, but, you know, super explosive. I mean, 98th percentile, 40-yard uh, dash. You know, he's in the 85th to 90th percentile and his broad invert. So, you know, lots of explosion. A 4-3-7-40 guy, uh, just 21.1 uh, years old at the time of the draft. So a little bit on the smaller side, but... I don't think that necessarily matters in a, a Ravens offense. that's a little bit more wide open. It was just kind of a luxury stash in, in a triflex league, Dave, but in deeper dynasty, you know, if he's available out there, I think he, he's a guy that you truly would want to stash. I think you could get a look at some point this year with how wide open that Ravens backfield is. Yep. So definitely a couple of young players to keep in mind. Always good to get your take on some of those guys that we need to keep our eye on or even add on to the back end of the benches. A lot of good last, stuff last there, Curtis. Yep. Yeah, last, last comment I'll make here. You know, last week, my deep dynasty guy, you know, who's a little bit off the reservation, we talked to Kylan Granson. He immediately rewarded us with his first NFL touchdown oh. in week two. So, you know, these are, these are deep names, but they're guys to keep in mind. And I mean, 
you know, hey, we, we might have Minshew mania here for a week or two in Indianapolis. They might pass the ball a little bit more. I mean, I could see Kylan Granson really starting to actually accrue a little bit of value or, you know, establish a little bit of value. So, you know, don't discount, you know, these names. You know, I, I'm highlighting Keaton Mitchell. There are a couple other guys in the article that are mentioned that um, you can check out. And we're going to have, you know, maybe you missed out. Somebody else has got this name. It's fine. I mean, we're going to have a new, a new guy every week to talk about on the podcast. So, you know, hopefully this, this was helpful for you getting your dynasty mindset on as you get into the weekend. Uh, we want to build perennial winners here because that's what I do. Uh, I win at dynasty and I want you to win at dynasty too. Keep checking out the new Dynasty Command Center podcast here on Rotoviz Radio. And don't forget to check out my weekly article on rotoviz.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.